us into the presence of the Lord. It's good to see each and every one of you today. <clears throat> and um, I'm kind of like uh, Brother Andy. I've got some, I guess, pollen and stuff that's going on and allergies and and a little frog in my throat feeling like, you know, drainage or whatever. But we're going to we're going to preach the word today. Amen. And we're going to receive what God has for us. I don't believe that I don't believe the Lord is finished in this service today. And so keep your focus and your faith and your attention on the Lord, all right? It is so good today to see our friends from uh, the campground over here, and from Rick and Dixie and Kathy. Good to have you all today with us in, in church. And they are always faithful to come whenever they're over here. Y'all from up around Union, Missouri, is that right, or... Washington, Washington, Missouri, and when they come down here to St. Joe to camp, they are so faithful to come over and visit us here at church and be with us in service, and it's always good to have you guys with us. Thank you for, for being here today, and uh, <clears throat> we're just glad for every single one that has come out to worship the Lord with us this morning on this Sunday morning. Um, as you pray, and we have prayed already and had some uh, folks come in and stand in for others. But we want to re remember the, in prayer, there's a couple of more needs that I want to give you to pray about <clears throat> and individuals to pray for. Tamara Mayberry, uh, which is uh, Ron Kathy Mayberry's daughter, is in need of prayer. And we, but we want to lift her up. She needs a touch from the Lord and for healing and deliverance. And also... We want to pray for Judy, and many of you know Sister Judy High, um, Katie Wampler's daughter, and uh, Judy's friend Tony that comes with her to church is in the hospital out here at Parkland with uh, some fluid buildup, and they've been draining fluid off of him, some congestive heart failure. And um, um, so he needs prayer today as well. So lift up Tony in prayer, lift up Tamara in prayer, and also Bill Mullinix, we did find out, is in the hospital. Uh, his uh, diabetes is, is out of control right now, his uh, blood sugar, his blood pressure, and he is in need of a healing touch from the Lord. So would you just with me right now agree together, huh, for these individuals that the Lord would touch them. Heavenly Father, we lift up Tamara to you today. We lift up Tony and we lift up Bill and others that have needs this morning. And Lord, we thank you for those whom you have already ministered to and those whom you have already touched. And we're asking you to send the word right now of healing to them, of deliverance to them for Tony, for Tamara, and for Bill to touch them in in a special way and give healing by the mighty power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise God. Remember church tonight. We will be having church tonight at 6 o'clock. So come and be a part of our Sunday night 
church service. Brother Andy mentioned our Wednesday night service, and we want to encourage you to come to our Bible study on Wednesday night, and we have some a little bit of worship, and we get into the Word of God, and we study the Word of God, and we have been studying the book of Proverbs. Actually, we've been in Proverbs now for a, just a little over a year, and we're almost finished with it. We'll be in chapter 30 this Wednesday night. So two more chapters in Proverbs, and then I don't know where we're going from there. I've asked for some recommendations, and nobody hasn't given me anything. And so um, I know the Lord will give me something to share and some, uh, an area for us to study and to go into. But uh, come, you will enjoy our study. I've enjoyed it on Wednesday night, studying Proverbs. I told the folks Wednesday night we were doing chapter 29, and I said, you know, I'm not trying on purpose to be political, but when you study the Bible and especially the book of Proverbs, there is much there about leaders and uh, good leaders and bad leaders and what constitutes good leadership and bad leadership. And so it is what it is, amen? And what the Bible describes as good leaders, amen? And what the Bible describes as bad leaders. And um, it's pretty easy and pretty clear to see where we are today. Come on, somebody, amen? And so we need to be much in prayer for our country, for our nation, for one another, for our churches, we are in the last days today, and Jesus is getting ready to come back for his people, for his church, and so we need to keep uh, ourselves uh, where we need to be with the Lord, living close to Jesus, and um, let God just bless us and help us and be a light and salt to those around about us. Amen. That's what I want abundant life to be, the salt and the light to those in this community around about us. All right. I guess that's all I need to say. Do you have your Bibles with you today? Are you ready to hear a little bit? From the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to go to Ephesians, probably one of my favorite books. When I get to talking about the books of the Bible, this seems like they're all my favorites. I like them all, but there's some that I, that I really ha am partial to, and Ephesians is one of those books that I'm very partial to. It is just a powerful, powerful book. And so I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture today to you from Ephesians chapter 3. If you would go there with me, Ephesians chapter number 3 and two verses, the very last two verses of the third chapter of Ephesians. Amen. Verses 20. And verse 21. And let's look at it together. And uh, I, you can read it there on the screen. But these are familiar, a familiar passage, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Verse 20 of Ephesians 3. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him, unto him be glory in the church 
by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Praise God. I've read this verse and, 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 and uh, marked it and everything, so I've even got it taped there in my Bible where I've ripped the page at one point in time studying and reading these two verses. But I want you to look. I want to talk to you this morning from this passage in my text from uh, verse 21, the first four, four words of verse 21, unto him be glory. Unto him be glory. Heavenly Father, thank you today for your goodness and mercy and love. I'm asking you today for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that you will anoint me, that you will use me to minister your word today, that you will think through my mind today and give me the words that you would have me to share with your people, with this church that you will just move today and, 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 and continue to bless your people as we give you glory and as we give you honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Unto Him be glory. This is one, I believe, this is one of the richest passages of Scripture in the entirety of the Word of God. These two Scriptures two verses that I've read this morning as my text. And the focus of these two verses is found in those four words of our text this morning, unto him be glory. The one that is referred to here when Paul uses those four words is the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. And it is unto him that all glory belongs. We've sang about the glory today and about giving glory to the Lord. Amen. The other day I was meeting with, with Sister Connie and her and I were talking about the glory of the Lord. And I believe God is a God of glory and he wants to manifest his glory, but he wants his church to give him glory. Amen. Do you agree with that? And all the glory and the praise belongs to the Lord. And this book of Ephesians, as I've said, is one of my favorites. And it's one of the most powerful and exciting books in the entirety of the Bible and in the New Testament. And this book, when you study Ephesians, it's six chapters long. And it's divided right in two. It's divided into two, two distinct sections. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are more doctrinal. And Paul is giving to us in those first three chapters and sharing with us what the Lord has done for us. And chapters 4, 5, and 6 are more practical. And it tells us in those three chapters how our lives will be when we apply the first three chapters. It's living out what Jesus has done for us at Calvary upon the cross. And it's how we live that life out. So those last three chapters are more practical and, 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 and apply to our everyday life. 
In chapter 1 of Ephesians, we're told that God has chosen us in Christ, that God has adopted us into his family and made us accepted in the beloved through Jesus Christ. He tells us there how we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and forgiven of all of our sins, of all of our iniquities, and how he has sealed us with the precious Holy Spirit of promise. In chapter 2, it says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were, in our past, controlled, every one of us, were controlled by the powers of darkness and every single one of us, how we deserved the wrath of God. We were under his wrath. We were all children of disobedience. But then Paul says, but God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin and has made us alive with Jesus Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then in chapter number 3, he says that because of all of this grace and all of what Jesus has done for us at Calvary, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is dwelling in our hearts by faith and that now we as his sons and daughters can experience the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of his love and that we can be filled with all of the fullness of God. That is some great news today for the body of Christ and for every born again believer. He tells us of all of this in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 and when he tells us all these wonderful things that Christ has done for us then he says now because of all of this that he has done now unto him be glory in the church forever and forever. I believe we need to give him some glory today. Amen. Now unto him be glory. Of course, naturally, we know who he's talking about. He's talking about the glory being given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, he is the head of the church and we are his body. Paul tells us that in the first chapter of Ephesians. That he is the head of all things to the church and we are his body. The church is his body. Jesus is the head, not the, the, you know, the Pope is not the head of the church. There's no bishop that's the head of the church. There's no cardinal or priest that's the head of the church. The head of the church is not a pastor or a deacon or a church member or a church board. That is not the head of the church. The head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church universal and he is the head of 
of every local church. We are a local church that is a part of the universal church, a part of the, the church of God that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the head. And we are the body. And the body exists, the church exists for the sole purpose of doing what the head says to do. Can I get an amen there? That is what we exist for. And we oftentimes will place emphasis on the mutual dependence of the members of the body to one another. And we'll talk about how that the head needs the hands and the eye needs the ears and the, and the, the mouth needs uh, the, the nose or whatever we all need, all those members and all of those parts of the body, which is true. But the total dependence of the body of Christ, the total dependence of the church is not on one another as important as that is, but the total dependence of the church is on the head, the Lord Jesus Christ. We depend upon the head. Amen? See, you can, you can function today without a foot. You can function without a hand or a finger or arm or a leg. And you can even function today without a spleen or an appendix or a gallbladder or a, or a lung. But you cannot function without your head. Can I get an amen? You've got to have a head. The body is dependent upon the head. And the church is dependent upon the head which is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ and we are members in particular and we are dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that's in the control of the church. It is his body and we exist for his purpose alone and we are here to give glory and to give honor and to give praise to the head, the Lord Jesus Christ and in all things he must have the preeminence. Amen. It's all about Jesus. And it's all about what Jesus has done for us at the cross of Calvary. You know, members come and go, but the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that remains the head of the church and the one that will have and must have the preeminence in the church. And so Paul, in this letter to the church at Ephesus, he's writing this from a prison cell. And he's writing this letter and he's telling about the church and the preeminence and the importance of the Lord Jesus Christ as being the head. And notice then he declares in our text, in verse number 20, Paul declares the power and the ability of the head of the church. And this is so something that just thrills me and excites me every time that I read it. But he says in verse number 20, Now unto him that is able to do. Notice that. Unto him that is able. He is talking here about the head of the church and the ability of the head of the church, the power of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. That phrase, that those words, those three words that he used, he is able, are three words that are used in various places throughout the New Testament to describe the power of God and to describe the power 
power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 3 and 9 it says, Jesus said that God, that he is able to raise up children of Abraham from rocks. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, he says that he is able to make all grace abound toward you. In Hebrews 2 and 18, the Bible says that he is able to come to the aid of those who are being tempted. In Hebrews 7.25, the scripture says that he is able to save us to the uttermost. In Jude verse 24, the scripture says that he, I'm still talking about the head of the church, that he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless in his presence with all glory. Oh, hallelujah. In 2 Timothy 1, Paul says that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And writing to the church at Rome, he said in Romans 4 and 21 that he is able to fulfill every one of his promises. That if he promised something, what he promised, he is also able to perform it. So we see throughout the scripture, the verses of scripture and the times that the Lord has said in his word that he is able to do just about anything that we need or anything that we need for him to do. You're talking about a God today. You're talking today about the head of the church who has divine power and divine ability to do what you need done in your life. Can I get an amen on that? But here in Ephesians 3.20, out of all the things that the Lord is able to do here, Paul sums up all of it when he says in that verse that he is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now that's quite a mouthful. That's quite a statement. That's a powerful statement and a powerful promise. And I really believe that that 20th verse of Ephesians 3 is one of the most powerful and the richest verses in the entirety of the word of God let me read it to you again that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us so I read where somebody one time a guy was standing looking at Niagara Falls and he saw that great falls and he made the statement and said that this that the Niagara Falls was the the greatest untapped power source in the world. But I want to tell you something today, Abundant Life Church, that Niagara Falls is not the greatest untapped power source in the world, but uh, the greatest untapped and unused power source today in the world is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that has been made available to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the greatest 
greatest unused power. It is the power that is at work within us. It is the power of God that he has made available to the body of Christ. The head of, of the church has all power and all authority in heaven and in earth and he can do anything we need him to do and he has made available to you and to I the power that we need whatever the power is we need Jesus has made that power available to us it is the power working in us through us and in our behalf are you listening to me this morning this power that Paul speaks of here is unimaginable power. It's greater power than what you and I can even imagine with our imaginations and with our thoughts. He said that it's power to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think it's unimaginable power that word exceeding is the word the greek word hyper you know what hyper means hyper means over and above it means more than normal when you have a hyperactive child you have a child that has more energy than is normal. It's over and above what other children may have. Come on, amen? If you have a hyperactive thyroid, that means that that gland is producing more hormone than is, than is normal. It's over and above that which is normal. And that's what the word hyper means, more than normal, over and above. And then he says that it's exceeding abundantly, and he uses the word abundantly which means that it's super abundant, it's excessive, it's beyond measure. And then he says it's above, and he uses there the Greek word hyper the second time. So it's hyper abundantly hyper is what he's saying there. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 Paul is saying it's exceedingly over and above and more than normal. We're talking about his ability, that what he, the head of the church, is able to do. What the power that has been made available to the body of Christ. It's exceeding over and above more than normal, super abundant, beyond measure, greater than you or I can ask or think. I want you to get this this morning, saints of God, that God's power is more than normal and that God's power, listen to me, that's been made available to the body of Christ, to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, exceeds all of your or my expectations. It's more than we could ask. It's more than we can think. It's more than we can comprehend. It's more than we can imagine. That is the power of the glory that is given to the church through the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
we was talking about a while ago. We're living so far beneath our inheritance. And we, we, we've been given a great heritage and inheritance through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us through his finished work on the cross. And how many of us are really tapped in? Come on, church. How many churches today are really tapped in to the exceeding abundant power that the Lord Jesus Christ has made available to us? I believe we bought the lie of the devil. I believe we bought into the lies of the enemy that God's not moving anymore, that God's not a miracle worker anymore, that the gifts of the Spirit have passed away, that that everything ceased at one point in time, and that God is not doing what he used to do. But I'm here to tell you here at Abundant Life Family Church that the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, is still almighty. He's still all-powerful. And the power that's exceeding and abundant is still made available to his church in 2022. Somebody ought to believe that and shout amen today. Woo, hallelujah, amen. It's more than normal. It's an inexhaustible fullness beyond and above your imagination or my imagination. It's the power that was manifested when Pharaoh had Israel backed up against the Red Sea. I mean, nobody could have imagined what was going to take place next. They thought it was all over. They thought they were doomed. They were going back to Egypt. They were crying out in fear. And nobody could have imagined that God was getting ready to do, oh hallelujah, exceeding abundant above what they could ever ask or think when he opened that Red Sea. When that teenage shepherd boy by the name of David walked down into that valley against the giant of Gath, nobody could have imagined what the outcome of that battle was going to be. Nobody imagined that when that little shepherd boy walked down into the middle of that valley with five smooth stones and a slingshot that he was going to come marching back out of that valley with the head of that giant in his hand and victory would be won that day. Nobody would have imagined that that was what was going to take place. Nobody would have imagined that when it was lunchtime in a crowd of thousands of people on a hillside one day and all that they had was five barley biscuits and two sardines that was in a little boy's lunchbox. Nobody could have imagined that that day those five barley biscuits and two little sardines was going to feed 5,000 plus people and they were all going to have as much as they wanted and they were all going to leave there full. Nobody come out. I'm talking about power that's exceeding. I'm talking about power that's abundant. I'm talking about power that's mighty beyond what we can even ask or imagine or think. Hallelujah. Nobody could have imagined that on that dark day when that lowly Galilean carpenter was taken down off that cross and laid in that barred grave, nobody would have imagined. Even his disciples didn't imagine that three days later he's going to smack death in the mouth and the angel's going to roll the stone away and he's going to walk out of that place out of that tomb victorious over death hell and the grave I'm talking about the head of the church I'm talking about the one that can do still yet today exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think unto him I 
Go ahead and give him praise. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. This is the power that Paul speaks of. It's power that's above and beyond our imagination. Power that is able to do super abundantly. Power that can do far above all that we can even dare to ask or think. Power that can go infinitely beyond our highest prayers, our highest desires, our highest thoughts, our highest uh, hopes and dreams, the limits of his power. Listen to me, saints. It's hard to preach this. You know why? Because the limits of his power is impossible to describe. That's what Paul was trying to do in Ephesians 3.20 that's why he says it's hyper above hyper it's hyper abundantly hyper it's more than you can even think or ask or dream you think about the greatest prayer the biggest thing you need in your life that you want God to do I'm here to tell you he's more than enough to do far above all that you can imagine and his power is at work in our our lives today amen if you can say it today his power is greater than that if you can think it today his power is greater than that if you can write it down today his power is greater than that if you can text it or if you can tweet it or if you can post it on Facebook or Instagram his power is greater than that it's according to his power that is at work within his body untapped power that's available to the church his power his dunamis his dynamite <laughs> his whole his dynamic power the dynamite of heaven ladies and gentlemen has been made available to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because he Jesus is the head of the church and according to this power it's the power that's working in our behalf I love the old hymn and the hymn writer wrote it and said it's power Power, wonder-working power. It's wonder-working power, ladies and gentlemen. And that power is in the blood of the Lamb. And that power is working in the lives of those who are saved by the blood of the Lamb. And that power is working and available in the church that has been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. I hope somebody is listening to what I'm saying today. Hallelujah. It is power. It is power. It is a wonder-working power. And I'm here to declare to you here at Abundant Life, saints of God, that God wants to work that mighty miracle-working power in your life and in your situation and in your home and in your family today. Can somebody say amen? 
God wants to work this unimaginable power in your life in such a way that people will look at you and they know your situation and they know what's happened. They look at your situation and they would they would say, "Only God, only God could have brought them out of that mess. Only God could have saved that marriage. Only God could have healed that situation. Only God could have could have healed that sickness." of that disease hallelujah only God could have set them free from that bondage of alcohol and drugs only God could have been the one that dissolved those cancers and dissolved those tumors and took away that diabetes and made them completely completely whole it's only God God is wanting to demonstrate his power in your life and in this church in such a mighty way he's wanting to manifest his glory I said he's wanting to manifest his glory and where is that glory to be manifest and where is that glory to be given to the head of the church he said unto him be glory in the church somebody say it with me unto him be glory where in the church in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ It's God's power and glory to be manifested in the church. So what's Paul saying? Paul, Paul's about to have a shouting spell here in the prison. Writing this letter. The Holy Ghost moving on him. He was, you know, and he's writing as the Spirit gives him the inspiration that he is able to do. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think oh according to the power that works in us I can just picture old Paul there chained to that Roman soldier he's, about to, he's moving them shackles and them chains that soldier says what's wrong he said I'm about to have a Pentecostal runaway Oh, I'm telling you what, when you get to thinking about this, you get to understanding this, it's hard to keep quiet. I feel sorry for those, for those churches and saints that don't believe in making noise. They, they, they want everything quiet. I'm going to tell you what, when you get to thinking about him, when you get to thinking about what he's done, when you get to thinking about the unimaginable power that is given to the body of Christ, I'm going to tell you, it's in the church. We need to be giving him some glory. And you ain't going to give him glory being quiet. You're going to give him glory with your mouth and with your lips and with your praise. Come on. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. I said he's worthy to receive the glory and the honor and the praise belongs to him. Amen. Paul's getting worked up. I'm getting a little worked up myself. He tells this church at Ephesus, and it wasn't just for the Ephesus, it's for abundant life. Not just for the saints at Ephesus, but for the saints in Farmington. He tells these saints, listen, in light of all this, in light of all this that I've written to you in chapter 1, 2, and 3, he finishes this third chapter and says unto him, Be glory in the church. He's telling these saints, When you show up at church, when you show up at that Ephesus church, give 
the head of the church some glory for all he's done for you. Come on, saints. Give him some glory. Unto him be glory in the church. It's not a suggestion. He didn't say if you feel like it, giving glory. It is a command to give him glory. Am I reading this right? Verse 21, unto him be glory where? In the church, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And that doesn't mean the end. It means so be it. Let it be. You're to give him glory in the church. This is a command that cannot be obeyed somewhere else. This command, oh, can I praise God on the ball field? You can. Can I praise God on the ball field? Yeah, you can. Or on the golf course? Yeah, you can. But, but this command that says to give him, unto him be glory in the church is a command that cannot be obeyed on the ball field, on the golf course, at an amusement park, on the lake, on the riverbank, or in a deer stand, or in a turkey blind. You can't obey this laying in a bed on Sunday morning, sawing logs when the church, the ecclesia is gathered together. Oh, I'm preaching better than somebody's amen in today. Amen. When you when you decide you're going just to to attend Saint Mattress on Sunday morning, praise God! You can't obey this command if you're able to go to church. I said if you're able to go to church. I said if you've got the strength and the ability and the health and you're able to go to church, you know what you need to do. You need to get yourself up out of that bed on Sunday morning and brush your teeth and comb your hair, Amen, and put you on some nice clothes and go to the house of God. And assemble together in the church and give the head of the church some glory that is due his name for all he has done in your life. Unto him be glory in the church. Oh, I've heard that, you know. Well, I I heard somebody say, I am the church. Wherever I am is the church. No, 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 no. You are a member of the body of Christ. But the church is the Greek word is the ecclesia, which means the called out ones, the assembled ones. Oh, I ain't got time to preach on this, so consider yourself fortunate. <laughs> Amen. I, I went round and round with some folks. I don't usually go round and round on on Facebook. I think it's a waste of time to go round and round with some folks. But when they when they got to criticizing me a couple of years ago because I was having church and wasn't mandating masks. 
Oh, it's going to get quiet now. Amen. We was going ahead and having church, and some of them was on there and said, What are you going to do when somebody gets sick in your church and it spreads throughout the whole church and blah, 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 and all that? We don't have church. We, we watch it online in our church. And they, they made that statement. They had just got me. We are the church. Wherever I am is the church. This lady was a teacher. She ought to surely have known what the word assembly means. Amen. When you have an assembly at the school, everybody, come on somebody, you don't stay off to your, everybody comes together for an assembly. Amen. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. You need this assembly. I need this assembly. The ecclesia is the assembly. It's the saints of God, the called out ones that come together and not forsaking that coming together, that assembling together and so much more as you see the day of the coming of the Lord approaching. Oh, there's something that we need to do in these last days. I thank God for those that can watch online, that can't come to church. I thank God for the live stream. I do, I really do. We're reaching people that can't get out. But when you're able to come, you need to be here in person. Why? That you can give glory. That you can give glory unto him in the church. In the church. In the church for all he's done in your life. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 This is something, ladies and gentlemen, that we're going to do throughout eternity. I've had people say, well, I just don't know about all that noise. Y'all are a little noisy. Y'all a little demonstrative. Y'all a little loud. You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. When we're around the throne of God and Revelation 5 says there was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands gathered around the throne and they're all saying with a loud, come on somebody, with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. Well, that's what's going to be going on in heaven. We just as well get used to doing it right now. Hallelujah. We've come to this house to give glory unto him that is worthy. The Lamb of God, the head of the church. I've got so much to praise him for. I could never praise him enough and give him enough glory for all he's done for me. Sister Marie has been in this Pentecostal way for 63 years and she could never give him praise. It's going to take world without end. It's going to take eternity. It's going to take take eons and eons and eons and a million years from today we'll all be standing there somewhere in front of the throne saying Lord you are worthy for all you've done for me I give you glory I give you glory I was praying this morning and the Holy Ghost was moving on me I said Lord your word says 
that you'll withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly before you. And I said, oh, Lord, I see myself in, in prayer many times coming into that tabernacle in the wilderness, which was a type of Christ. And I see myself at that brazen altar, which is a type of the cross. And I thank him for the benefits of Calvary. And then I see myself at that laver, which was the water in that laver was where the priests washed their hands and washed their feet. The hands representing your works, your feet representing your conduct, your walk, and your lifestyle. And I was saying, oh, Lord, let my walk be clean before you today. Let my works of my hands be clean before you today. And then I, I thought of that verse. I said, you said that you would not withhold any good thing from them who walk uprightly before you. And I said, Lord, I want to walk uprightly before you. But I said this to him. I said, Lord, here's the thing. If you never did another good thing for me, if you never answered another prayer, if you never gave me another blessing, I still would pray, Lord, help me to walk uprightly before you. Because I'm not in this for what I can get out of it from God. I'm in this because I love him. I'm in this because he has saved me. I'm in this because when I was unlovable, he loved me and picked me up out of that miry clay and set my feet on the solid rock and establish my goings. Oh, I believe he'll still bless our lives. But I'm telling you, I'm living for him today because to him be glory. I said he's worthy of all my glory and all my praise. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. To him be glory in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Worlds without end. Boy, it's hard for us to imagine eternity. But all through eternity, we will be given glory to him. Now I'm closing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Now don't, don't leave yet. I'm not done. Somebody said the other day, you know, when he says he's closing, he keeps going sometimes. Well, Paul did the same thing in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1 he said finally my brethren and then he just wrote two more chapters he just went on but listen listen to me the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this day and hour in which we live these are the last days God wants this church his church to be a glorious church you believe that? Paul writing there in the fifth chapter to this same church at Ephesus, talking about the church, talking about Jesus being the head of the church, and he said that he, Jesus, might present it, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot 
or wrinkle or any such thing, but it, that it should be holy and without a blemish. I believe that verse describes the kind of church that Jesus is coming for. How many would agree with that? He's coming for the word there, a glorious church, that he would present it to himself, a church, a glorious church. I believe that Jesus is coming back for a church just like the one that he birthed on the day of Pentecost. He's not coming back for a weak, powerless, anemic, lukewarm, backslidden church. That is not a picture of the church that Jesus is coming for. He's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a church that is filled with his power, that is filled with his glory, and a church that is showing forth his glory. And I believe this with all of my heart, that, that even though even though that uh, uh, we're living in the dark age, the dark days that we're living in, these are the days and this is the atmosphere and the environment when God himself wants to show himself powerful and mighty and strong within his church. It's time for the church to rise up. Well, Brother Rick, you've said that before. I'm going to say it again. I ain't going to quit saying it. I'm not going to stop because we've got to be that glorious church that he has called us to be. Amen? He's still able, I believe, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Do you believe that? And I believe that refers as well to in his church. Yeah, we're living in times today of gross darkness and sin. We're living in a time that the very the very atmosphere around us is charged with demon powers and forces but I want you to know we serve a great big God today and this is the very atmosphere that God can reveal his glory in the darker the night the brighter that light of his glory will shine within the church this is God's word I believe to the church today that he gave in Isaiah 60 when he said arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord the glory of the Lord is risen upon you for behold the darkness shall cover the earth we're seeing that and gross darkness the people we're seeing that but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee we are living in the days of, 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 of gross sin and darkness but thank God there is still a church is anybody here today God still has a church there are two churches actually there's a harlot apostate church and there is the true bride and I want to be a part of that true bride today come on somebody and it's that true bride of Christ that is given glory to him it's that true church of the Lord Jesus Christ that will have the glory of the Lord manifested within it in these last days oh it's time for us to arise and shine it's time for us to believe that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former house. God's got a revival. God's got a move. God's got his glory. Prepare.
prepared for every believer and for every church that is hungry and thirsty and desiring the presence and the power of God in their lives. Can you give him praise today? Oh, it's the glory of the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning to Him, unto Him, the head of the church, the one who is able to